It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And I've got a couple of websites for you, christiantalkthatrocks.net or christiantalkthatrocks.com. Live on our email address is talktorichiel at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com, talktorichiel at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format and locale. Here's just a handful. Pandora, Apple, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, uh, let's see, CastBox, Spotify, just to name a few. Flagship station WMVA, The Gold Rush, which can be found at WMVARadio.com, Odyssey.com, and Radio.net, where they rebroadcast Friday's show on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon. Newest affiliate, Net News Network at NetNewsNetwork.net. Uh, in fact, you will hopefully find t- uh, today's broadcast, Wednesday's broadcast, up there a little later on uh, this afternoon or evening. Uh, Lord willing, and no issues. And let's see, uh, what am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, Thunderous Radio, who broadcasts this show live uh, Monday through Friday. That would be from about 2 or 6 p.m. Eastern until about 4-ish p.m. Eastern. And Thunderous Radio, you can find them. Just search them, Thunderous Radio, at streaminter.com, streaminter.com, radio.net, radio.net, and mytuner.com, mytuner.com. Not your tuner, but my tuner. How about that? Okay. I want to start with uh, what is being called a bombshell book. A bombshell book from the late Pope Benedict. Now, he died here just a few weeks back. And I guess in his, I don't know what they would call it over there, but I guess his will and testament of sorts, 
he wanted this this book released after he died. And it's uh, they're calling it a bombshell. Nothing here, well, not much is surprising me in this, what I'm hearing. I haven't read the book. But not much is surprising me about what apparently he's alleging in the book. I think some of the stuff some of us already kind of knew was happening. And it just speaks to the growing apostasy overall in the church and in the church Catholic lowercase c. But especially in the West. Uh, This is being reported by Nate Anderson, Daily Caller News Foundation. Bombshell from the grave. Pope Benedict, who is dead, unleashes on the Catholic Church. He writes that the church is near collapse. U.S. seminaries are centers of promiscuous homosexuality and perversion. Uh, Yeah. And let me tell you something. I got news for you. It ain't just the ones that are Catholic. And I'm going to share a story here in just a bit. In fact, I'm going to take a couple of segments to talk about the apostasy that is ravaging the churches in the West, especially here in America. But it's kind of all over, but but especially in Europe and, the, and in the West. It's really bad news. Pope Emeritus Benedict's posthumous book revealed the church leader's thoughts about multiple scandals the church has suffered over several decades regarding homosexuality, porn, and pedophilia. Benedict blamed the sexual revolution of the 1960s for a collapse of the Catholic Church's foundation on many teachings and the rampant sexual abuse discovered in later years. Now, let me pause right there. You might remember in the early 2000s, there were revelations of sexual abuses that happened in the 70s and 80s and even on into the early 90s, where instead of punishing priests, in most cases, they were sort of shuffled off to Buffalo, if you will. And these... um, Sexual abuse allegations, or in fact, many of them were confirmed, were just sort of swept under the rug. Families were paid off, you know, hush money, that kind of thing. And you might recall in the early 2000s, that scandal broke. Um, in fact, some Fox News reporters and talking heads uh, were sort of at the front of that pack on breaking that. But it was it was a big it was a big national story, a huge scandal. And, and a lot of um, a lot of stuff came out. It was really bad news. Uh, the the book who uh, the book was entrusted to, to Dr. Elio Guerrero, who also wrote Benedict's biography to be released only after the former Pope's death. Posthumous book written by the Pope. All right, now uh, he was uh, for a while head of the Catholic Church, and he claimed that pornography, homosexual clubs, pedophilia had taken root within the church. Now he died uh, December thirty first. He was at the ripe old age of 95. He had struggled with a respiratory illness for several weeks, nearly a month uh, after his death. The Italian publishing company Mondadori Mondadori, released a series of works over the weekend entitled What is Christianity? that contained theological essays written after Benedict stepped down from his position as Pope in 2013, illustrating his concerns about issues of homosexuality, pedophilia, and pornography in the church. Now, the book, Benedict, discusses a wide range of theological questions from communion to the Catholic Church's history with Israel and the Jewish people, in addition to what he describes as moral issues. In the fifth chapter, Benedict discusses the effect that pornography has had on the Church and expressed extreme displeasure that porn was often rampant in seminaries. 
Quote, a bishop who had previously been rector had allowed seminarians to be shown pornographic films, presumably with the intention of thereby enabling them to resist a behavior contrary to the faith, Benedict wrote. Pedophilia was also addressed in the book, providing some insight into Benedict's perspective on the issue after he had long been criticized for not taking the concerns of sexual abuse in the church seriously enough. Benedict talked about conversations he had with victims of abuse, noting that one in particular had told him how a vicar had used the phrase, this is my body, which is given for you, which is used during communion. Uh, quote, it is evident that the girl can no longer listen to the words of the consecration without terribly experiencing upon her all the suffering of the abuse, the former pope said. Indeed, we must urgently implore the Lord's forgiveness and above all pray and beg him to teach us all to understand anew the greatness of his passion, of his sacrifice, and we must do everything to protect the gift of the Holy Eucharist from abuse, unquote. Book also mentioned homosexual clubs, specifically in the United States, that had grown in popularity among seminaries, and noted that seminaries did not encourage their priests to remain abstinent in the traditional view of the priesthood, but instead changed the atmosphere of the seminaries. Benedict largely blamed the collapse of the foundation of the priestly vocation on the 1960s sexual revolution, which resulted in complete sexual freedom, which no longer tolerated any norm. The former pope also issued a warning against the more popular belief that all religions are morally equivalent, arguing that this erases the purpose of the Christian faith as being the sole way to obtain salvation. Benedict pointed out that the Christian faith must be viewed as horos, a Greek word for the way. Well, Jesus technically is the way. If we want to get boil it right down to technicalities, Jesus is the way, not the church. It's simply uh, standing alone, but Jesus, who established the church. It was Benedict's firm wish that the book be released after his death and entrusted its publication to Dr. Elio Guerrero, who also wrote Benedict's biography. Vacan did not respond to the Daily Caller News Foundation's request for comment. And again, that's written by uh, Kate Anderson, Daily Caller News Foundation. But I believe that uh, a lot of what Pope Benedict, um, I guess, essayed or, or exposed and talked about in his book is, is not part is not necessarily peculiar to just the Catholic Church. I believe it is part and parcel to the apostasy that has ravaged the entire Church. Protestant, Independent, um, Eastern Orthodox, the whole enchilada. Okay, we are in, and it is one of the signs of the end. It's one of the signs of uh, Christ's return and so on and so forth. Is the great apostasy that would befall the church. You can look at Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I don't want to paraphrase it. But you can, you can read Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And you'll find uh, the verse in there that says uh, that, that not to be troubled about Christ already having returned in this and that. That that wouldn't happen until that there was a great falling away and the son of perdition be revealed past tense. I find that fascinating as well. That would be the Antichrist. There's two times the phrase son of perdition is used in most of your translations. And one is to describe Judas, one is to describe the Antichrist. So, the, and these are signs, you know, that, that we're uh, coming close to the finish line here. But one of them is the apostasy in the church. Now, two big signposts that were in at least the very beginning of the latter days 
is Israel being established as a nation again, and the second one, I believe, or the other one uh, parallel to that, is the apostasy in the church. If you read First and Second Timothy, on down into First and Second Timothy, you'll, you'll come across a verse that says, Now the Spirit expressly says in the latter days, and then it gives this laundry list of problems within the camp of God, within really the church. That's what it's talking about. Uh, so you find in Scripture this warning that in the latter times there would become this great falling away. Now many theologians also interpret the letter um, in Revelation chapter 3 to the, to the church of Laodicea as being um, vocative of the, the way the church would look in the latter days. And it's not very good. <laughs> it's, it's, in fact, what's uh, sort of startling in the letter to the church of Laodicea, by the way, Laodicea means rule of the people. Okay? Laodicea means rule of the people. Well, wait a minute. I thought Christ was supposed to be governing the church. Well, not in this particular one. And he has absolutely nothing good to say about the church, about that particular church of Laodicea. Nothing good. Nothing good at all. And if you read, if you read the letter to Laodicea in the context in which I just shared with you of it being prophetic of the way the Latter-day Church would look, the, the church in, in the last days would look, it's quite startling. It's quite startling. And, and he says, and, and, there's, and he has absolutely nothing good to say about it. I mean, it, it, I mean, I thought one time I'd read that once and, and I kind of thought, well, well, now wait a minute. If that's true, that this is sort of evocative of the latter day church, then, well, now wait a minute. I mean, we're evangelizing like we've never done before. I mean, we have satellite ministries. We've got, you know, radio ministries, TV ministries. We're blasting all over the planet with, with the gospel message. Couldn't there at least be a compliment here of at least you guys are pushing out the gospel pretty, pretty hard and heavy. But then I got to thinking, well, what kind of gospel are they pushing out with? <laughs> because, uh, if the church is just corrupt and messed up, what kind of faith are they pushing out there with? And then when, and all one has to do is take a cursory look at what's going on in Christian broadcasting, much of it these days, especially on the cable, and you see one heretic after the next, and people begging for money right and left. Uh, you see the the uh, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, word faith movement, prosperity movement, sometimes in a watered down fashion, but it's still kind of there. And you 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 hear all sorts of crazy stuff. Heretical, doc, uh, heretical doctrines, right and left. I've often referred to the Trinity Broadcast Network as the Heresy Broadcast Network, pound for pound. I mean, there, there are some good shows on there and some good pastors and ministers, but, you know, you got to wade through all the others. And it's, uh, it's a little scary. Let's take a break here, but I'm going to stay on this issue and this theme, and we'll share a story with you, too, coming back. A true story. I'm going to leave the name of the participants out, but I'm going to share with you something that actually happened that I actually experienced when I was working at KXL 970 AM in, in Austin, Texas, something that I, that I had discovered or, or that was discovered that someone had told me about a scandal that was happening at a church in North Texas and that it had tentacles that went way back to another 
another thing, another place, and I'm sort of sworn to secrecy at the time. It was during the time when the Catholic uh, pedophilia scandal was busting loose. But uh, it was also happening, similar things were also happening at that time or being exposed at that time within the Protestant church as well. So this wasn't just like a phenomenon strict, uh, again, strictly to the Catholic church. And I, I believe that, again, we are seeing things that are happening church-wide that are um, indicative of apostasy and, and this age of apostasy that we, I believe, are in. And I think we're well into it. I think we're we're probably moving past the early days into the middle of it. I, I believe that we are in the age of apostasy as warned in Scripture. You can't have this both ways. You can't say Jesus is about to come any day uh, and then say, well, no, that's that's not the case of the church. Yeah, it is, because Scripture makes it very clear that that would be the condition of the church prior to Christ's return. That, that uh, this, this would be part and parcel of the of the landscape of the camp of God prior to the return of Christ, that in the latter days, all right? And that's actually the phraseology that's used in Timothy. Uh, I think it's Second Timothy, that in the latter days, Spirit expressly says that in the latter days, the WCDFG, these are going to be the issues. And it's, it's not pretty. Not at all. Let's take a break. More Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Stand by. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. And now, a man whose boss is a long-haired Jewish carpenter, Richie L. You are listening to Christian Talk That Rocks. So when I was at um, KXL nine KIXL nine seventy AM in Austin, Texas, back in the day, of course that was when a lot of the stuff was breaking about what was going on in the in the Catholic Church that had been revealed 
Um, there were uh, survivor groups that were coming forward um, that were w- with charges against the Catholic Church. Uh, those who had survived uh, sexual abuse, incest, molestation, whatever, within the Catholic Church. And it began to, you know, make headlines all over the, well, all over the planet, but here in the United States, because a lot of this took place here in the United States with uh, with authorities within the Catholic Church, priests and so forth, that had molested kids and all that. So that was already a big deal. Bill O'Reilly on Fox News was sort of leading the charge on some of that and some others were, but it was it was a big deal. Well, a scandal broke loose in North Texas with uh, a, a church where the the pastor of the church, um, sort of the G-rated version, the pastor of the church was giving a presentation in the church sanctuary one day, and he was using his laptop, and suddenly there was these pornographic ki- pictures of kids that popped up. And he kind of got, you know, he got busted. Cops were called, everything else, because, you know, possessing pornography, child pornography, he was a big no-no. Well, then it turned out that he had molested actually a 10-year-old girl in the church. So they had to obviously fire the guy. And, and then, of course, he was, you know, law enforcement got involved and things started getting into the court. There was hearings. And we interviewed... A gentleman, I was co-hosting the afternoon show at the time, and we and sometimes would host when the when the regular host was uh, out of you know out sick or whatever. And the one of the elders of this particular church um, was was uh, interviewed by the uh, I think it was the Fort Worth Star Telegram, Dallas Morning News, et cetera. Anyway, and we got him on the show, and he shared. Uh, a lot of the what had happened. Now, there was an investigation going on, so he had to be careful how he shared it, but he shared what was going on in the church, was asking for prayer. They were they were pushing, trying to trying to move forward and, and get past all this. And, of course, a lot of people had left the church, which, you know, usually when these kind of scandals hit, you, you know, at the door, about half the people will usually go. So they got a new um, temporary pastor and that, you know, the whole nine yards. Well, as this thing grew and as the story kind of grew, we were going to interview the guy again for a second interview. We're going to bring him back on because there had been some new developments that had hit the headlines um, about, you know, what had gone on. So I called the gentleman to get him on. And again, he's one of the elders of the church on the elder board. And he said, look, I can't come on and talk about this anymore. And yeah, there've been some new developments. And he felt an obligation to explain to me, though he swore me to secrecy, because a judge had put out a gag order. He said, if I go on and, sh- and share on your show what I want to say and share, I'm going to be arrested by a judge. All right, the court's going to, you know, send the uh, sheriff's department now to arrest me because I and all of us right now are under a gag order. And I said, for what? Well, he explained to me that in the investigating, the investigators had uh, and they'd hired a private investigator the church went and hired a private investigator as well so these 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 investigators had uncovered that this guy was part of a pedophilia ring and that pedophilia ring went back to a very famous seminary here in the united states okay and i'm not going to give the name of it right now but it's if i were you would 
you would go, yeah, I've heard of that, and you'd probably be shocked. But there was a pedophilia ring that they had discovered in the bowels of this very famous seminary that this pastor had gone to and that there was a child sex ring within this seminary that had been uncovered that several uh, uh, pastors and who were running some, who were pastoring churches and, and uh, some seminary folks were a part of. Now they weren't sure how broad and deep this ring went, but it was certainly there. So this investigation was going on. The elder uh, in this church was on the elder board that I was speaking with was sworn to secrecy. He was, he was in tears as he was talking to me and he swore me to secrecy. He said, if you go on your show and say this, they said, I'll be arrested. I said, well, I'm not going to say anything to God. I don't want to see you get arrested. I said, although I'm pretty angry to judge saying that and pretty much stomping your first amendment rights, uh, to say what in the heck's going on on this needs to be talked about, but okay, to, for, for your sake of the, because uh, I don't want to see this guy go to jail. I said, I, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll keep it hush hush. I had explained to the host what this guy told me and he wanted to, again, sort of edited and he, he, he said, well, tell me who it was. You know, I said, no, I don't want this guy to go to jail. And, uh, I'm sure that that investigation has already taken place and it's already passed over with. Um, I found out later that there, it, it was kept hush hush. Some, a uh, couple folks did go to jail, but it was sort of kept hush hush and swept under the rug and gag orders and this and that were in place and yada yada bit of bottle, which I thought was really squirrely. So I'm not going to say right now the name of the seminary as much as I want to. And I want to get a little legal advice before I go forward with this. But I think this is so far in the past, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't make that big of a deal. But I don't want these people coming after me with a lawsuit. So I'm going to keep it the name for the, for the time being. I'm going to keep that name uh, of that seminary uh, on the down low. I'm not going to say it. But just to underscore that this is not something peculiar to the Catholic Church, gang. This is a Protestant seminary, by the way, predominantly. This stuff has swept into, along with all this crazy wokeism, has swept into the churches like a flood. And thank God it's being exposed. Now, I have warned on this show and cautioned on this show over and over and over again, like a broken record, that exposure is coming and it's going to be across the board and there's going to be more to come. All right, and here we are, and there's more to come. This is not all, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. That it will be exposure in the churches, in corporations, uh, in in our government. This is the season of things being exposed, and it is by a divine hand. I keep saying that. All right, this this is this is by divine order. And guys and gals, there is more to come. You may be shocked and flabbergasted at what's in the pipeline. And I'm telling you, there's a lot more to come. All right. Don't be freaked out by it much as you may want to be. It's a good thing in the long run. This is a blessing, maybe a blessing in disguise, as they say, but this is a blessing because once you see the problems, once you see what is there, then you can deal with it. Then there can be genuine healing and genuine restoration. All right. And I believe that there is a, we are in the midst of a revival process. I, I'm, I'm going to call it an awakening, a genuine awakening. 
I knew there's I know there's this thing called this uh, new apostolic uh, Reformation wave thing, whatever that's been going on. Um, that's not it. There's some problems with that. I got kind of excited about that when I first heard about it. And then I began to see a bunch of the heretics that are in that. And I'm like, yeah, forget it. That's not it. That's a counterfeit. But there is there is an awakening that that is going on. It's been going on for quite some time, but it's starting to build a hit more and more of a head of steam. Okay. So there is a genuine awakening and revival happening in the nation. That is going on. You're not going to find out much about it on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, or the other alphabet soup folks. You're not going to hear much about it. They, they don't care. But it is going on, and it's building ahead of steam, and it's happening all over the nation. A lot of stuff going on in California, too, by the way. But th- it's happening all over the nation. And we'll be talking more about this in the days ahead, so get ready. Now, this is not a preachy show. I don't, you know, I'm not a preacher. Uh, but I want to share things with you, and I, and I feel like it's my duty, since this is a Christian show, to share with you things going on in the church. And I do from time to time share things with you, and sometimes these certain scandals interrupt and so on and so forth. But I, I want to keep you abreast of what's going on, because the mainstream media won't. Even some Christian publications won't, sadly. And online publications and news sources a lot of times won't get into some of this stuff it's a little too sticky even for them to deal with but i I, you know i don't care i've got nothing to lose in in that regard and it's it's time to to uh, pull back the covers shall we say okay of course here before the grace of god go i this is a time if you're a a christian this is a time to do some self-examination to really look inward examine your heart examine your life and ask the lord to help you make those corrections and things in your world that you may not be aware of this is a time to get your not only your regular house in order, but your spiritual house in order for what's coming. And there's a storm coming. Don't freak. You'll get through it. You'll make it. You'll survive it. The Lord will put you in his ark, so to speak. But it's headed your direction. And things are going to be exposed right and left all over the place. So brace yourself. Keep your eyes on Christ and not on men. Men are going to let you down. Pastors are going to fail you. Talk show hosts are going to fail you. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Okay? Keep your eyes on Christ. Because men will fail you every time. Every time. We've got a lot of new wine coming our our direction. But what did Jesus say about new wine and old wineskins? You got to put new wine in the new wineskins. So I believe that new wineskins, i.e. new fellowships and ways of fellowshipping, are being created right in front of our eyes, right before us. Now, the old guard will go kicking and screaming into this. I can promise you that. And some of the Jezebels in that old guard will go kicking and screaming as well. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. 
Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And there are Jezebels in our churches. Just like there are Jezebels in our government. Oh, they're in our churches. You can count on that. Believe that. There's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing right now that have entered in to the church. A lot of this wokeism and a lot of this so-called liberal theology has crept into churches and poisoned them. But again, this was predicted. Go read First and Second Timothy, Second Thessalonians chapter two, and I would go in and probably throw in the uh, Book of Jude, letter of uh, Jude. Read those four. And I would also toss in um, in the book in the book of Revelation the letter to the Laodicean church, and you're going to start to see a composite picture be- begin to to develop. It looks, if, if you're honest with yourself, it looks pretty much like the Latter Day Church. I mean, it's, it's startling. It's startling. We're there. If nobody has welcomed you to the age of apostasy, let me be the first to welcome you. I'm glad you could join us, <laughs> but uh, hold tight because it's going to be a wild ride. All right. And again, we've got to make sure we're holding on to sound doctrine. Scripture says to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Contend is a combative word. Okay, that's a combat word, to contend for the faith. Now, we are to give to every man a hope for the reason that lies within us with gentleness and respect, Scripture also says. But there are going to be times that you're going to have to get a little contentious about it. There are times we're going to have to, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to come into some seasons where we're going to have to fight. I don't mean this, you know, with fists and it says we, because uh, we, we wage a spiritual, uh, we use spiritual weapons in our spiritual warfare. We don't, you know, use uh, cannons and hand grenades and stuff to fight the devil. Uh, we, we, we engage in what's called spiritual warfare, but you, you can bet your bottom dollar that is ramping up too. Have you noticed on some of these paranormal shows, of course, some of those are fake, but on some of these paranormal shows, and I've had, um, uh, Bill Bean, who's a, an internationally known uh, exorcist and a good friend of the show, he's been on uh, not too, not too long ago, actually back in October. Go back and look look at the archives. He was on this show, and he has admitted that he is seeing more and more and more of this demonic infestation stuff happening in people's lives and worlds, and people being demonically possessed. I mean, these demons are ramping up. They're they're, they're gearing up. Satan knows his time is short, and he's revved up. He knows his time is short. He knows that his judgment is right around the corner. And he is pulling out all the stops and throwing in throwing in everything, including the kitchen sink. So a lot of this demonic activity that you're seeing uh, is part and parcel. Of course, doors are being opened. And religious spirits are going, you know, nuts. And a lot of fellowships. You've got to be careful because there's a lot of stuff out there that may sort of seem to act like the Holy Spirit and you know, supernatural miracles from God, but you got to test. Scripture says to test everything, hold fast to that, which is good to test the spirits. Cause there's a lot of counterfeit junk going out there. That's not God. It's the work of demonic religious spirits, but it's not from God's side of the tracks. Remember back when Moses opposed, um, the magicians of Pharaoh, Jonas and John Remember there, 
and, and Exodus and all that. When Moses came to Pharaoh and Aaron's rod went down, boom, turned into a, turned into a snake and the, and the, uh, the magicians threw their rods down. They became snakes. And then of course, Moses' snake ate their snakes. <laughs> and you've probably seen like the Ten Commandments and all that. Well, Jonathan Jambres, they weren't David Copperfield type magicians. They had tapped into, into the demonic side of the, of the tracks, the dark side of the force, if you will. I mean, they, they turned their rods into snakes. Okay. And it warns, it says these men, it talks about the latter days. The apostle Paul warns that these, that that's, that these men will oppose the truth as Jonathan Jambres opposed Moses. It says, so these men shall oppose the truth. They'll oppose the, the, the genuine gospel with, with lying signs and wonders. We're in that time. Apostle, again, the apostle Paul predicted it, that this would hit before the great tribulation. We're talking before the great tribulation. This isn't, a lot of people think we're, we're now in the, in the, you know, we're in the early days of the, of the great tribulation. No, we're not. I, I, I dismiss that. But these, these are things that's, that, that would be before we came into that time. In other words, this is sort of a precursor. This is sort of a preview of coming attractions, if you will. That's where we're at now. I really believe. Could be wrong, but I really believe that based on what I'm seeing all around me and on what my Bible says. We are in that time, just before the tribulation. How many years? Who knows? Could be a hundred, could be a, a thousand. I don't know. But we are in that time, that era as spoken of before uh, the great tribulation, revealing the Antichrist and Christ's return and all that. We're, we're right on, we're, we're, we're headed towards that. Okay, if you want to use the analogy of a, of a racetrack, a NASCAR racetrack, we've already gone through the final turn. We've gone through turn four, and we're headed towards the finish line. You, we can see it in front of us. Still a ways to go, but you can see it in front of you. You know, you're, 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 you're just, you're just, we've just turned turn four, the last turn, and heading down that final stretch. That's where I believe that we're at. Could be wrong, but I, I don't think I am. I believe that's where we're at. So these are exciting times in some ways. This isn't bad news entirely, but we've got to be very, very vigilant and very cautious. And we've got to know the word of God. We've got to know sound doctrine and hang on to it. All right. So that when the BS hits, we're not deceived. This is a time of great deception all over the place. I mean, there is deception on top of deception from our governments, from the media and in the churches. It is a time of massive deceptions. You've got to be so familiar with God's truth, with God's word, with the truth, that when the BS hits, you can smell it 100 miles away so that you're not taken in and tossed to and fro, as Scripture says, by every every wind of doctrine that blows through the church. I know some Christians, I mean, I get emails, I get Facebook messages. Oh, you got to go, you got to check out this pastor. You got to check out this church. Oh, man, they're the one. They're the thing. Oh, man. And, and they put out this book and this DVD. And oh, man, they got it. And then six months, a year later. Oh no! This I, I'm not messing with those guys anymore. There, there's this other pastor over here in this other ministry, and oh man, they're they're really the one. And they, and this church is oh man, and they they got it going on, and it's crazy, and blah 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 blah. And then six months, a year later, oh, I'm I'm done with them. They're they're idiots. I'm over here on this guy now, and this or this guy now, and oh, they're the best. And I and and I see these Christians just go from one to the one one personality to the next, one church to the next. Our modern day churches are leaky because the old wineskins are leaky. They're leaking. That's why I believe a, I don't want to use the word reformation, a transformation. Reformation is not really scriptural. Transformation is scriptural. But there is a transformation of sorts. It'll seem like a, re- a reformation to some, but it, it'll be more, uh, I think, radical than that. There is a transformation, because scripture says we, go, we grow from glory to glory. There is a transformation 
coming into the church. It's already begun. It's begun years ago, but it's again, it's ramping up ahead of steam. And I believe that 10, 15, 20 years from now, the church as we know it today will look completely different. And it'll be a God thing, but there will be people kicking and screaming the whole way, the old guard. Because I think how we do church is going to have to change. But it's going to look more biblical. It'll look more like something that uh, that we see in the first century, going back to the early days of the church of the book of Acts, not with people running around in robes and sandals, but, I mean, more of that type of a setup. More of that type of a setup, of smaller group fellowships, house-to-house ministries, which is already happening in places like Iran and India and and places like that where the church is kind of persecuted and looked down upon, they kind of have to do that. They have no choice. But but they're very successful. And I believe that will be the template, the paradigm of the coming church. It's going to look something very different than what we are used to right now. All right? And and that stuff is being torn down. That This old junk, this religiosity and churchianity that much of us have gotten embroiled in, in, in some of our traditions, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with tradition, until or unless those traditions start making void the word of God. Jesus jumped on the Pharisees. He said, you make void the word of God by your traditions and many such things that you do. And in our churches, I would contend that our traditions and many such things that we do, which may not necessarily have been bad to begin with, are, are now becoming stumbling blocks for us. They've now gotten in the way. And those are disposable. Sometimes you got to let those things go. You just got to turn loose. Open your heart, open your mind, because I believe there is a new a new paradigm that is coming. In fact, it's already here. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's sort of underground, but it's already here. It's already here. Now, now what's going to drive this even more? Will it be more lockdowns, shutdowns? Will it be economic pressures, political pressures, persecution? Probably all the above is going to force the church to, to make some changes in the way we do church and even look at church. I believe that is we are in that time. Maybe the early days of it, but we are in that time. And it's a good thing. A lot of times we resist change. Here's a time where you want to embrace change and be very, very open to hearing the Holy Spirit. I, I, I talk to so many Christians that are going to fellowships and they go, man, something's wrong here. I just, I just, I can't put my finger on it, but something here is rubbing me wrong. And I know a lot of really great Christians who aren't going to churches, quote unquote, going to church right now. Not that you go to church, we are the church. But see, that therein lies part of the problem. We, we equate church as a place. Church isn't a place, church is us. <laughs> We're the church. The place is where you might go to congregate. You know, people drive by, look, look at that beautiful church. And they're, and they're referring to a building with, with, a, with a phallic symbol on top of it. Well, no, that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's not the church, that's a building. We are the church. We are the church. I heard an evangelist say one time that the apostasy of the church can be well outlined. He said, um, the church started in Palestine as a relationship. It went from Palestine to Greece and became a concept. It went from Greece to Italy and became an institution. It went from Italy as an institution to the Americas, to the West, and it became an enterprise, a business. And notice how most churches are set up as businesses and even franchised by denominations. Sort of like a McDonald's, you know, a McJesus. But you won't find that paradigm in your scripture. It's a man-made paradigm. Things of that nature that we're going to have to start taking a hard look at. Is this really the way God wants us to do? Well, gosh, I've got to do that to, have to keep my uh, nonprofit status intact. Okay, well, maybe don't be nonprofit. Maybe don't be anything but just a church. You're not necessarily required to report, to, to report anything 
as a nonprofit. You're not necessarily required to do that. You can if you want some of the goodies that go with that. But there, there's there's really no law that says you must be a nonprofit. And there's no law that says you must be a for-profit. For that case, I'm not suggesting that churches should be for-profit either. I'm just simply saying, why bother? Why become an agent of the state? Divorce yourself from it. There's no law that says Christians can't get together in somebody's house and pray and even take up a collection for somebody that's private collection for somebody that's, that's hurting. And, and Scripture outlines how to do all this. By the way, the template is in there. there. There is directions on how to do all of this and stay divorced from the state. There's a way to do it. Not that you ignore the state and we have to obey the laws of the state unless those begin to come up against God's law and then we're not supposed to obey the laws of the state. If, if, if the state puts out laws that are contrary to God's law and his word, then we say, sorry, state, you know, don't mean to be con- uh, contentious here, but we got to follow the Lord. And then let those chips of persecution fall where they're going to fall. But we've got to start looking at things differently from what we have been looking at. And many of our, these modern paradigms that we've embraced and a lot of this stuff is not biblical. It's parascriptural. And in some cases, it's got us hung up. And it's got us doing things that we probably wouldn't otherwise do. And the way that we, that we set up church on how we do church. We've got to start being honest about this stuff and taking honest looks at it. Instead of just, well, this is the way we were taught in seminary. Well, this is just the way our church has done it for 200 years. Doesn't mean it's been done right. If, if doing something a long time means it's right, well, my gosh, prostitution is one of the most right things on the planet, right? <laughs> Which it's not. I'm being sort of facetious there. Because that's the world's, one of the world's oldest professions. All right, moving on to other things. More Christian Talk that Rock straight ahead. Hold tight. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the five loves of a Jesus freak. Write them down. Hide them in your heart. Here they are. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Sound easy? Not likely. If all that does come too easy for you, you're probably not working hard enough. On the other hand, these five loves should become second nature to any authentic Jesus freak. If you let God's grace soften your heart. One more time, love God, love his word, love your enemies, love your neighbor, love truth. Amen. Jesus Freaks Radio is brought to you by DC Talk, the voice of the martyrs, and this station. For more, go to persecution.com. This is Truth Today. Today, Psalms 25. Show me your ways, O Yahweh. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I will wait all the day. Remember, O Yahweh, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. 
A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. My youth, nor my transgressions, according to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Yahweh. Good and upright is Yahweh. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way, the humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. This is what Psalms is talking about. Yahweh is love. Love is keeping the commandments and mercy is loving kindness. It all fits. We have a loving God, Yahweh. This has been Truth Today. For information on Truth Today, contact the Martinsville Church of Yahweh in Martinsville. The phone number to call is 276-340-8762. As I declared on this show yesterday, I have in my possession no, no classified documents of any type or sort anywhere in my home. And I would encourage you to double check your home, because especially if a former government type ever lived there, check your attic, check your uh, shed out back if you have one, where the lawnmower and the weed eater are, whatever. Uh, Go over your house with a fine-tooth comb if you think a government bureaucrat at any time ever lived in your home because there might be a might be a document stuck somewhere that you didn't know about. This is getting weird. Of course, it came forward then Mike Pence. Um, yeah, his lawyer went in and found something in his office or something or the other, and he found a few documents or something that were a document or two or three or whatever that it was. It apparently, were marked as classified. After he had said back in September, no, I don't have any. And, of course, now that um, it seems like there's a steady, steady drop drip of of <laughs> new documents, every, every weekend it seems like we found a new trove of documents in some place where Joe Biden has either worked or stayed or slept or something. Um, and because of that now, and, of course, there's a, a Department of Justice investigation. We now have a special counsel that's been appointed to look over all this. FBI agents were at his house over the weekend for 13 hours. That's quite a long time. So a lot of people have been saying, you know, probably time to impeach this guy. But GOP senators are cautioning against Biden impeachment for classified documents. It's being reported by Ron Blitzer, Fox News. Senate Republicans are warning against a cycle of impeachments that began with Democrats targeting Donald Trump. Uh, House Republicans are continuing to push for more information regarding classified documents found at President Biden's home. But some of their Senate counterparts are warning not to take things too far. A new report from The Hill revealed a number of GOP senators opposing the idea of impeachment for one reason or another. Quote, I don't think you want to get into where it's tit for tat. Uh, Every two years or four years, you're dealing with impeachment proceedings in the House and Senate. Senate Minority Whip uh, John Thune, Republican from South Dakota, told the outlet, acknowledging that the standard for impeachment should be high. 
there has to be a really good reason. Obviously, the Constitution, constitutional reasons and grounds for that uh, prevail, so we'll see where it goes. But at this point in time, they're trying to tamp down on that impeachment talk. Um, Senator Mike Braun, who's a Republican from Indiana, similarly said his party should be careful about impeaching, cautioning that the American people will fatigue of that after impeachments of former presidents Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. And, of course, they both ended up being fruitless in terms of ultimately removing those presidents from office. If you start doing it on everything, I think it would be bad politically and for the mechanics of government working, Braun said. I think that's true. I think that's, there's wisdom in that. I really do. Unless, of course, we find out that there's something just really heinous that's, you know, I mean, he's really just bu- broken the laws badly, then, um, yeah, I think he should be impeached in that case. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican in Utah, predicted that there will not be an impeachment with so many people in the same arena. The discovery of Biden's classified documents followed an FBI raid of Trump's residence where hundreds of classified documents were found and preceded the revelation that former Vice President Mike Pence also had classified documents at home. Um, the senators are confused on how Biden could have had these uh, classified documents, but nevertheless, Senator John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, accused Democrats of hypocrisy for how they went after Trump. He said nobody should take classified materials outside of a secure facility, period. He told the Hill, Cornyn said that the special counsel investigation will determine whether Biden committed a crime, but he personally did not believe the president engaged in impeachable activity. So this will, uh, here's the thing, even if the House does, even if every Republican in the House votes to impeach and they march it over to the Senate, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I really don't. And I, and I, and I think if he is removed, it's going to be the 25th Amendment. I really, I really think that's probably what it, what it will be, which will allow him to save a little face because it's not a criminal thing. You know, it's like you can't really help it if you're sick or you've got neurological issues going on, you've got Alzheimer's. I mean, that's not something a person can help. It just, you know, you contract it or whatever. Could be genetic, don't know. I've often thought there might be a genetic component to that uh, based on things I've seen in my family. But I don't think that he will be impeached over this. Now, he may be sanctioned. He may see some sanctions come his way. Donald Trump may see some sanctions. They may both have to pay fines. I don't know. don't know how this is all going to play out. But but I think pretty much whatever happens to Biden is the same thing that's going to happen to Trump, more or less. (laughs) Because they can't completely just smash Biden all to pieces uh, or let, or the consequently let Biden just, just off with a warning and then just smash Donald Trump all to pieces. That's, that's going to look like that. That's just going to be too obvious that there's a two tier justice system, which there is, I believe, but that, that would just be too obvious. So I don't think they're going to do that. And I think Mike Pence is, you know, again, probably going to get a slap on the wrist or a lecture or may, may have to pay a fine. I think at most these guys may pay fines, may, may be sanctioned, some way or the other. That's it. There, nobody's going to be going to jail. I just don't see it. Now, you could argue that maybe they should, because certainly people on lower down the ladders go to jail for less, <laughs> okay? Way less. And if, and if we were going to be equally applying the law, then I think Joe Biden probably would be going to jail. Maybe Mike Pence right behind him. Maybe Donald Trump right behind him. I don't know. I've been very consistent on this. If these guys have broken federal laws, then they, then they need to be punished. I don't care which party they're in. Of course, I'm an independent. I don't have a dog in either, in either hunt, if you will. But I've been very consistent about this. But I don't think much is going to happen across the board. Okay? Maybe a sanction or two here and there. Maybe a fine or two here and there. That's going to be about it. I just don't, I just don't see it. 
I don't see anybody, and I don't see Mike Pence, Donald Trump, or Joe Biden going to jail. I just don't see it. I don't think that's going to happen. And as I said the other day, Donald Trump, and, and Donald Trump knows that he's probably breathing pretty easy right now and smiling and kicking his heels because, you know, now it's on a Democrat. So they can't really just sweep it all under the rug with, with Joe Biden and, and, and act like nothing happened and then, and then still crack on him. That's just, that's not going to work. So I think that what this does do to Biden politically is damage him to the point to where they've got a good excuse now to maybe not nominate him and the, and the DNC as the 2024 candidate. I think that's what this is really going to do. It's going to knock him out of that saddle. Plus, there's still the ongoing Hunter Biden thing and his connections with that and how far into that was was Joe Biden. We know he knew about the business deals. That's undebatable at this point. If anybody's been keeping up with it, he absolutely knew about the business deals. He absolutely was profiting from the business deals. Were the business deals shady and unethical as they appear to be on the surface? Did they cross the line into legality? That's a question that has to be asked. I mean, it has to be uh, answered. It, it's And it's fair to ask it. It needs to be asked for sure. And I've been asking it. I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Looks pretty bad on the surface, but I don't know. Now, again, that I think I think all this combined, I think this whole soup of stuff combined, plus stuff misfiring upstairs, is enough for I think the DNC to say, Uncle Joe, we love you, but you ain't running. I think that's what this is really all about when it's said and done. And he may be removed from office for by the twenty fifth amendment. I've been saying that for a long time. I I I, I could be wrong. I don't know. But I, I will be a little surprised if he completes his term. He may not, but he may. He may complete the term. But I do not believe that the DNC, he may run. I don't think necessarily stop him from running, but he won't get the nomination. There's no way. There's just too much baggage here. There's too much stuff. So I have serious doubts that he will be the nominee in 2024. And I think this is all, there's just too much baggage and liability here at this point, to run him. And I, and I think that there are some deep breaths being taken in the DNC and some soul searchings happening in the DNC and some long late night conversations are happening with the DNC upper echelons. And I think the conclusion that they're probably coming to, if they haven't already, is this guy can't run in 2024. Of course, that begs the question, well, who? Who? A lot of people are talking about Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, as I like to call him. He may be the, the, uh, the nominee. I doubt it's going to be Kamala Harris. Uh, I just don't think so. She may run. She may throw her hat in the ring, but I don't think she'll get the nomination. I think, I, I think it's probably looking more and more like somebody like Gavin Newsom, or maybe some dark horse we don't know about that's going to come out of the, you know, the wings here that we don't know about very well. I mean, may I remind you of Barack Obama and Bill Clinton, who came out of nowhere seemingly, and boom, they they were the president. So there may be somebody that's you know, kind of over in the corner somewhere that we don't know about. I mean, I've heard Hakeem Jeffries' name being kind of tossed around, some others. We don't know. But I doubt very seriously. I think the betting money, the Vegas odds are, it is not going to be Joe Biden running in 2024 against whoever uh, that, that, the, that the Repubs put up, whether it's whether it's uh, Donald Trump or whether it's DeSantis or, or, or a Trump-DeSantis team, especially if it's a Trump-DeSantis team. I, I, they're not going to run. They're not going to run. They're not going to run Joe against that. If it were Trump by himself, maybe, because he did beat him uh, once before. Well, apparently. <laughs> but uh, I don't. Uh, if it's DeSantis, there's no way 
DeSantis would gobble up Joe Biden like a like a steak dinner. It just it, it, they're not they know that it, it's just not going to happen. So we'll see. This is all interesting to follow and watch, but we'll see. I've got more on this too about this whole document gate and some other stuff we're going to get into. As we move into the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks, buckle up and hold tight. I'm Tim DeTellis, inviting you to enjoy a positive boost for your day with Bean and Bailey. It was your average Friday evening. We were going out to Mickey D's. We were getting all decked out when my baby turned and said to me, She said, Do I look fat to you? Please tell me the truth. Oh, what was I supposed to do? You see, my brain, it was on vacation. I said too much when I said, sure, you could lose a pound or two and you could stop eating lunch. Oh, she said, do I look fat to you? For more medicine to brighten your day, visit FamilyComedyRadio.com. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits and blazers, and suits starting at $39.99, shoes starting at $19.99, with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs on any occasion. Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. There is one word I think that'll change our walks with God. Jesus repeated the word over 10 times in John chapter 15, and the word is remain. Remain, 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 remain. Jesus said that he is the vine and we are the branches, so remain in him and we will bear much fruit. I live in Northern California and people come from all over the world to Sonoma County to see the vineyards and also for wine tasting. As they're doing the tours, they're so excited. They're buying wine, talking about wine, sending wine to friends. Well, I think about the verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Holy Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. So we make a choice each day if we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Whenever I drive by a vineyard, I think of that word remain. This week, tell yourself and think about Remain in Jesus. For more information, go to activatelife.org. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, Vision Talk. Get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. You're listening to the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks. A couple of websites for you, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on our email address, talk to L at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in podcast format and locale. There's a handful. Anchor FM, Player FM, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Mixerbox, Deezer, Stitcher, uh, just to name a few. A lot more than that. Flagship station WMVA, The Gold Rush, which can be found at WMVARadio.com, uh, odyssey.com, and radio.net, where they rebroadcast Friday shows Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon. Newest affiliate, Net News Network at netnewsnetwork.net. They are a journalism site, by the way. They engage in real journalism, and they do have a few talk shows on there. Not very many. They're very picky and selective, uh, but they have chosen to allow us on, and we're really super grateful for that. In fact, hopefully uh, today's show will be up there a little later on this evening. Again, that's netnewsnetwork.net. Also, Thunderous Radio, Thunderous Radio, which airs this show, streams this show, broadcasts this show, however you want to put it, live. That would be from approximately 206 p.m. Eastern to approximately 4 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's East Coast U.S. time. You can search Thunderous Radio at the moment at radio.net, radio.net, streamiter.com, streamiter.com, and mytuner.com, mytuner.com. Our Representative Comer is reacting to National Archives blowing off Biden documents request. This is very disappointing. Comer says Congress will treat Mike Pence the exact same way we treat Biden, being reported by Anders Hagstrom, Fox News. Uh, the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, condemned the National Archives for blowing off his request for information relating to President Biden's mishandling of classified documents Wednesday. The National Archives Records Administration, NARA, blew past the January 24th deadline for providing the documents that would have been yesterday, Tuesday, a move Comer called very disappointing. Comer had requested details about NARA's communications with both the Justice Department and Biden's lawyers regarding the classified documents. Well, he's not going to get anything from the lawyers, and he doesn't have to because that's technically that's uh, 
confidential. But in terms of uh, whatever documents Nara has, they they should have let him at least given him a catalog of that. I don't see why they. I don't understand why they would. They wouldn't. I, I don't get that. I mean, it's part of the archives. Any reaction to the fact that the National Archives has not yet responded to the oversight request? Um, Fox News. Uh, uh, Tyler Olson asked on Capitol Hill. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. Comer responded. Comer would to give his thoughts regarding Tuesday's news that former Vice President Mike Pence had also found classified documents at his home in Carmel, Indiana. Pence immediately, of course, turned over the documents to the DOJ and then notified Congress about the incident. In fact, he called everybody, except me. Pence is cooperating, Comer said. I feel slighted a little bit. Uh, Comer said, we're going to treat Pence the exact same way we treat Biden. There's a big difference as far as Pence offered to cooperate and is showing signs that he's going to be fully cooperative with our investigation, blah, blah, blah. Pence is the third presumed 2024 presidential hopeful to find classified documents inside his private residence. Former President Donald Trump, of course, had his Mar-a-Lago home, uh, sort of more or less raided, we're going to call it, last year. I mean, if, if 30-some guys are showing up at my house early in the morning fully armed and flak jackets on and bulletproof vests on and, co- and choppers in the air, I'm calling that a raid. I mean, I don't know what anybody else would call it. Um, but uh, that happened last. Uh, that happened uh, back in August, of course, after refusing to return classified documents to NARA custody. And they were pretty loud-mouthed about that, but now all of a sudden they're shut-mouthed. What's, what's the deal? You see a little, little bit of a double standard happening here. Investigators have also seized the sets of classified documents found in Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. And on and on and on and on and on. Okay, so uh, Comer, not a happy camper about uh, the National Archives not responding with something. That is pretty rude. Um, Congress does have some oversight constitutionally, so what gives? I don't know. It's like if you get a request, it's like, let's say you're in a division, put, put this in sort of a corporate context. Let's say that, that you work for a company, okay, or you may be running a company that is a division of a bigger company, okay, the parent company, if you will. The parent company sends you a memo saying, I need A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and you just go, <laughs> whatever, and you blow it off. You're probably not going to have a job too much longer, okay? So that's kind of what the National Archives has done here. They've kind of said, yeah. Up yours, Congress. Of course, that's the attitude with a lot of bureau- bureaucracies and bureaucrats in our federal government today is they don't they just want to act independently and be their own boss and to heck with you. And heck with the Constitution. And heck with any kind of government oversight. We don't need that. We're above that and And that's therein lies part of the problem. Too many agencies acting like that. And acting completely unconstitutionally. Big problemo. All right. Uh, so that so Comer justifiably, justifiably is is um, pretty ticked off about that, and I would be too. It's probably time for them to send maybe congressional subpoenas. I don't know uh, over there and say you will cough this up or come before Congress and give a freaking good explanation why, or we'll get the sergeant of arms can pick you up and bring you before Congress, and then you can answer questions. If they couch it all like that and send a pretty nasty letter, maybe they'll get some sort of answer. I don't know if they'll get the documents you're wanting, but maybe they'll get some sort of explanation as to why they can't. Um, they'll probably fall back on the DOJ as an excuse. Well, there's an ongoing investigation. You know that in the Constitution, there's no ongoing investigation clause? That's sort of an excuse used by all sorts of bureaucrats and law enforcement and everybody. Well, there's an ongoing investigation. Can't comment. 
Okay, well, maybe you personally can't, but that doesn't mean questions can't be asked, and that doesn't mean FOIA requests can't go out, and that doesn't mean that stuff can't be revealed. Um, so it's it's sort of a modern construct and, a, and, and an excuse, and more often than not, it's an excuse to hide behind. So, but I'm sure they'll use, if, if Comer and Congress presses hard, I'm sure they'll jump behind that little excuse and say, well, you know, the DOJ said, like the DOJ, you know, runs the government. Like the DOJ is over Congress. <laughs> no, the tail doesn't wag the dog here. Tail doesn't wag the, jo- the dog. These agencies are subject to Congress and the, and the uh, executive branch, the president. And if the president or Congress says, mm-mm-mm, then you do, mm-mm-mm, by and large. It's, it's not, you know, we, well, we do what we want. No, it's not how that works. They seem to think that, but not, not the way it, it, is, uh, it is supposed to fly. Now, there is some raised eyebrows about this whole Penn Biden Center thing. And now it's similar to light that there was an event in June. Now, I understand that Penn, Penn Biden Center is where Uncle Joe apparently had a pretty good trove of classified documents stashed in a closet in the building. Being reported by Wendell Hughes, Breitbart.com, the building that housed office space of President Joe Biden's former institute, the Penn Biden Center. Uh, well, now... Uh, could be an issue there. A conference happened at the Penn Biden Center in June, reportedly permitted attendees unmonitored access to the facility, where in November classified documents were discovered in an office Joe Biden maintained. Of course, they tried to keep that all secret and hush hush, so you wouldn't know about it, and not let that splatter onto some of his fellow Dems who were running for uh, their jobs and their lives in some extremely close elections. Had this stuff been released prior to the midterms, could it have made a difference? We'll never know. That's just that speculation. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? The two-day boot camp, as it was uh, called, was held for congressional staffers to promote a working relationship with China. With China. On issues such as energy and academia, the Washington Free Beacon reported Tuesday, which which we have to conclude then there were a lot of Chinese Communist Party people running around these buildings too, or these facilities too, this, in this building. The University of Pennsylvania, which houses the Penn Biden Center, has received millions in anonymous Chinese donations since Biden assumed office. UPenn has reportedly received donations worth up to 52 million bucks from anonymous sources, including from China and the uh, uh, Saudi Arabians raising concerns of compromised national security. UPenn's close ties to China appeared not to cause an increase in facility security for the June event. According to the Beacon, the two-day conference had slack security that permitted congressional staffers and other attendees to wander around the building and offices. Quote, there were no posted security officials at the Penn Biden Center during the June conference. Just regular Penn staffers and attendees were able to walk around the center unmonitored and make use of unused rooms for phone calls and other private work during the conference, the report stated. Huh. How about that? No secret service to nobody, apparently. Lack of security at the event raises questions of whether Biden's classified information at the center was compromised. Penn Biden Center's lack of security comes as a Justice Department and lawmakers are investigating Biden's classified document scandal, which, of course, was first revealed to the public on January 9th through a leak to CBS. Somebody in the White House leaked it. I keep saying somebody somewhere, somebody's wife <laughs> or boyfriend or husband or somebody, some, somebody, somebody's spouse, I think, blabbed over a martini. 
The Department of Justice DOJ and the White House had known about the scandal for weeks. Biden's personal attorneys found the documents on November 2nd, of course, just a few days before the midterm election. How interesting. It's unclear why Biden's personal attorneys were initially searching for classified materials. White House and DOJ have failed to provide the initial reason or cause for the search. And again, could it be related back to the Hunter Biden thing? I don't know. I don't know, because that's still an ongoing investigation, too. Hunter Biden is still being investigated himself by the DOJ. Okay? And that investigation started back in 2018, long before the laptop discovery ever happened. So is all this sort of correlated? I don't know. And the DOJ is being very shut mouth. And there was an attempt to sort of keep this document scandal, this classified document scandal, hush-hush, with the DOJ, apparently from Biden and his attorneys, trying to keep this thing under the radar. And it was for a long time until somebody somewhere blabbed to CBS. And I bet that that somebody somewhere, I would almost wager, came from within the bowels of the White House somewhere. Somebody somewhere in the White House. Somebody somewhere in his legal team. Some spouse, somebody somewhere blabbed over Martini to somebody who knew somebody that knew somebody at CBS. (laughs) And then, boom, off to the races. That's probably how it happened. It's hard to keep secrets in a town like Washington, D.C., There's just too many people hanging out at too many bars, going to too many holiday cocktails. That's probably when it happened. It was like a New Year's Eve party. Oh, did you know somebody's got some liquor in them, you know, and it's it's past midnight and all the smooching's been done. And, you know, they're sitting there slightly hungover uh, or got a strong buzz going. And they're waiting for the uh, Uber car to show up. Did you know? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I heard that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And Biden had all these classified documents. Oh, Really? And somebody ran and told somebody got on the phone New Year's Day to somebody at CBS and said, guess what? Guess what I heard at a party last night? Oh, really? Hell no. And that's probably how that uh, fell into CBS's lap. I would just almost wager that's exactly how it happened. And now here we are. Things are going to come out. Things are going to expose. Little birdies are going to hear things and sing. I mean, this is... And there's more, guys. I really don't believe that this is the end of the... uh, the, the you know that this is the end of the train is kind of like sitting in a railroad crossing and you're watching the train go past and you think well, where's the caboose well it's got to be coming up any minute no there's still like about 100 more train cars back there <laughs> and this 200 car train there's more train cars are still going to be floating past rolling past you there's more to come boys and girls a lot more to come you ain't seen the end of the train yet We've got more Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Stay close. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. This is Max McLean. God created all things by his word. How does the word have the power to create? Because his word is a person. Listen to the Bible from John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, 
the world did not recognize him. From John 1, listen to the Bible. It's great for the soul. Hear more at RadioBible.org. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. The views expressed on this talk show may not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates, associates, providers, sponsors, or underwriters. So there. Now here's your host, Richie L. So, uh... With these shootings in California, of course, it's uh, brought up the whole Second Amendment debate uh, again. Every time there's a mass shooting, and, and here's the hypocrisy here uh, in these shootings in, in California. Uh, besides just the obvious. There was a hit, and many people think it was cartels, where, if I'm not mistaken, it was eight people were shot in a house. Six or eight people. Was, I mean, you could call it a mass shooting. More than one. And it, was, it appeared to have all the hallmarks of a hit. And they're thinking probably cartels, somebody with a cart with one of the Mexican cartels. Woman was shot dead. She was shot in the face. Her 10-month-old child shot in the face. Uh, all her other family members uh, were, were shot execution style. Everybody in the house. It was like six, seven, eight people, okay? We had a shooting, uh, what was it, Monday? Uh, seven people. And, uh, and, and, and these two shootings involved... Um, it was predominantly um, Asians that were the target, and it was and it was Asian shooters. Now there was an incident, and and I'm still waiting to see what the motives was for these guys. I don't know if these were Chinese nationals that were upset that their fellow uh, maybe former Chinese citizens had were bad mouthing communist China and had come to America. Because you might recall that there was a church back in the in the summer. Uh, a church there in uh, in California that had a predominantly uh, uh, Chinese congregation, uh, you know, people who were Chinese nationals that had immigrated legally here to the United States and, you know, were doing their thing. And there was a guy who was here uh, from communist China who was pro-communist Chinese, and he went to the church and started shooting the place up. They overpowered the guy. Now, you might recall that. So I don't know if this is somehow akin to that. I haven't really heard. I haven't really heard many motives for these two shootings. They both involved Asian shooters, which I find interesting. Uh, of course, it was interesting to see how the main stink media jumped to the conclusion. It had to be some MAGA person who just had a, a, a bone to pick with Asian Americans or something. Of course, that turned out to be bogus. And then, oh, they had to use an AR-15, and it turned out it was handguns. <laughs> so, and by the way, most... Gun crimes, the majority, are not committed with AR-15s. The mainstream media and many politicos would love you to believe that. The vast majority of gun crimes and gun deaths and woundings happen with pistols. Handguns, pistols, okay? Not long rifles, pistols. And in fact, the most popular pistol out there right now is a 9mm. So a significant number of those are happening with 9mm round pistols. Okay. Glocks, that type of thing. 
that's the weapon of choice of most criminals. It's it's small. You can you can hide it. I mean, a, a rifle. It's pretty hard to hide that under your under your coat. Somebody's going to see it. So uh, the ma- vast majority of these gun crimes and shootings happen with pistols, not rifles. So if you if, if I mean if if your logic is let's reduce the the guns that people are getting their hands on. Let's reduce that. Wouldn't you come after the pistols? But I don't hear anything about it. It's all about rifles. It's all about uh, these assault weapons. Which, uh, again, the AR-15 civilian version. Now, there is a military version of the AR-15. But the civilian version of the AR-15 is not an assault weapon. It's just not. In fact, in my opinion, it's a very finicky weapon. Some of the newer manufactured ones. I'm hearing a lot of complaints from a lot of people that own them. I'm seeing a lot of complaints that, you know, they're... Firing mechanisms are cheaply made, and they break, and they jam and mess up, and um, people having problems with the finicky. It's a finicky gun. It seems it seems like the newer ones that they're making seem to be real finicky for a lot of folks. They have issues with them. Seeing a lot of complaints about that, um, gun jamming and everything else. So to me, it seems like some of these newer ones may have some reliability issues to begin with. Um, uh, and after you fire about 50, 60, 70, 75 rounds, thereabouts, you got to take the gun apart and clean it. I mean, it's 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 spent. You're gonna have jams. You're gonna have problems. You got to check the firing mechanisms, pins, and all that. Uh, they're not as robust. The internals of the gun aren't as robust as the military version. There's a different uh, barrel composite. Now it looks like a machine gun. Cosmetically, it's not. This I'm talking about the civilian version. It's just it's a it's a semi-automatic, and just as a little refresher course here, a semi-automatic is just one finger pull of the trigger, and one round goes out, and that's it. No more bullets are going to come out until you pull the trigger again. Now, on some of these weapons, you can set the sensitivity where you can, you know, feather that trigger pretty fairly quickly, and, you know, it's boom, 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 boom. You can do that with about any semi-automatic, pretty much. And, by the way, the vast majority of guns out there, the vast, 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 vast majority, almost all of them these days, are semi-automatic. The pistols, everything. That means, and again, that means one trigger pull, one round goes out, and that's it. You've got to pull the trigger again for another round to go out. Okay, you have to continue to pull the trigger. Now, with with a, a full auto, you pull the trigger, and then multiple rounds come out. You know, da 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 da, like a machine gun. Sometimes it's minimum of three. Sometimes it's just until the thing stops. You know, how many bullets you got? That's how many come out. You know, it sprays. That's a machine gun. Those, by and large, are legal for civilians to own. Those are already outlawed for civilians to own, and have been since the 1930s, during the days of the crime waves and the, and the gangsters and the, you know, the thirties and all that. So most of these crimes though are committed with small handguns. Okay. And some of them have 10 round clips. Um, of course, a lot of places have outlawed anything above 10 rounds, but if you're quick with the clips, pop one in, pop one out, boom, you're right back in business. So, you know, it takes a couple seconds and you're back if you know what you're doing and you're back to shooting. You know, pop the clip, cock it, boom. You, you know, a, 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 someone who's real proficient with their gun and this practice can do that in two or three seconds. It's, you know, there may be a two or three second pause and bam, 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 you're right back at it. Or you got two of them. Well, that's 20 rounds. Okay. So some of this clip stuff gets a little silly. But nevertheless, the debate is now fired back up again. I'm going to let you hear a clip from a reporter who pushed back against, uh, and of course, he's making political hay with this. He's standing on top of coffins, which I think is disgusting. But nevertheless, You've got uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, who uh, pretty much referred to the Second Amendment as a uh, 
that it's turned into a suicide pact. The Second Amendment's pretty much been turned into a suicide pact, which, of course, shows his ignorance. Well, it shows, he shows his ignorance a lot, but it, it shows his ignorance of the Second Amendment. Uh, the Second Amendment isn't just simply for hunting. All right, you'll see nothing in the Second Amendment about hunting. Of course, obviously, back in those days, people did use their muskets predominantly for hunting. That is true. But that wasn't what the Second Amendment was for. It was for hunting. It's not a hunting amendment. What the uh, what the Second Amendment was for was for uh, self-defense and, if needs be, defending yourself against an oppressive government. Of course, they just had fought a war using a lot of civilian um Militias, if you will. And by the way, militias are mentioned in the Second Amendment. They're not outlawed. We have not outlawed militias. They're still very legal. They now you have to be well regulated, according to the language of the Second Amendment. You can't just have a bunch of vigilantes and yahoos running around drinking beers and shooting up the you know, the community and uh becoming just an organized crime group. They have to be uh they have to be well regulated, which means um well trained and uh, overseen by the uh, state authorities, all right? You're not just a vigilante group running around. You're well-trained. You're well-provided for. That's what it means by regulated in the vernacular of that day. And by the way, the regulation points towards the militia. We use some fifth-grade English grammar here. The term regulation is pointing back to militia. And again, that means uh, well-ordered, organized, and uh, trained that this is a bunch of yahoos because they want a bunch of yahoos running around. Uh, this being reported by Peter Partol, the Western Journal reporter exposes a massive flaw in Newsom's logic on gun control after mass shooting in the wake of yet another horrific mass shooting in our nation. The left is going to, after the Second Amendment once again and demanding that gun control measures be put in place. Now, now again, the, the mainstream media did very little reporting on the six, seven, eight people that were executed in their home that mass shooting, including including a ten month old child. Almost nothing from mainstream media. But when it happens out in the public, well, you know, it, and it was actually, I think, one person less in this most recent attack that was killed in this home. Uh, well, that's a different world. Okay. And there, therein, therein lies the hypocrisy. Therein lies the hypocrisy of the mainstream media, of how they cover certain things. But I didn't hear anybody screaming gun control when it was suspected that a cartel crime organization came in and wiped out all these people in this house, including a 10-month-old. I nobody screaming for gun control at that moment. Uh, but one journalist in a rare piece of actual journalism, I'll let you hear the clip here in a moment, pushed back on those demands and exposed the flaw in the gun logic that uh, Gavin Newsom was using. On Monday, CBS News journalist Nora O'Donnell interviewed California's Governor Gavin Newsom following a mass shooting in Monterey Park on Saturday that left 11 people dead. And then, of course, there was the one that uh, killed seven people. Predictably, Newsom's repeated talking points about guns. He repeated those talking points, even went so far as to describe the Second Amendment as a suicide pact. But what happened next was unexpected. Instead of passively going along with it, O'Donnell pushed back. Now, we'll let you hear the clip. Uh, it's not the best audio, because she was kind of talking to him on the walk, if you will. They were kind of walking, and he kind of paused for a moment, then they continued walking, and she had the microphone kind of in his face. She was trying to you know, do the, the reporter on the scene kind of, kind of deal, which I applaud her for doing that. And, of course, uh, CBS is not exactly known as being the most uh, pro-Second Amendment uh, news outlet out there. And we know CBS News has had a lot of problems over the years. 
But uh, I'll applaud her for, for doing her job and kind of pushing back a little bit and saying, well, what about this? And what about that? And, and putting um, Ga- uh, Governor Gavin Newsom on the spot. And he did have to kind of backtrack a little bit. He did have to, he did have, to backtrack. Of course, he's got to be careful what he says because I think he has political ambitions for the White House. I really do. I could be wrong. But I think when you mention White House to him, a little bit of drool comes down the corner of his mouth and he starts licking his lips, you know. So let me play this clip. Um, this is Nora O'Donnell. Well, one person who visited this community today was California Governor Gavin Newsom to offer his condolences to victims and their families. It's a disgrace. We found the governor here in Monterey Park, not far from the dance studio where at least 11 were killed. Nothing about this is surprising. Everything about this is infuriating. California has the strictest gun laws in the U.S. That's right. I mean, the Second Amendment's becoming a suicide pact. But there's many people in this country that support the Second I, Amendment I, I support, and, our, and our lawful gun owners. Yeah, I have great respect. I have no ideological opposition to someone reasonably and responsibly owning firearms and getting background checks and being trained. Authorities say the shooter used a modified pistol with a high-capacity magazine. But how did he get a gun that's illegal in the state of exactly. California? Exactly. We'll figure it out. That's going to happen. You've got to enforce laws, things fall through the cracks, but it doesn't mean you give up. The governor also emphasized the role of mental health in incidents like these. I'm really proud of the work we've done in this space, but we've had decades of neglect in this space. But respectfully, I will submit that regardless um, of the challenges it relates to behavioral health, there's not a country in the world that doesn't experience behavioral health issues. Well, and that's true. I agree with him on that latter part, sure. And and obviously the guy was a nutcase that did this. Uh, both shooters, nutcases. Obviously, anybody that does something like that is, you know, twisted in the head. And uh, the, the root of the, the cause, and she kind of forced him to say it, whether he... Re- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I realize he's been kind of forced to say it or not. The root of the cause wasn't the gun. It was the nut with the gun. It's in mental illness because there's a whole lot of folks that own more powerful guns than what this guy used. Um, arguably, perhaps more deadly in some aspects that uh, are not going around shooting up the countryside okay so th- these are not these these are these are people who are suffering mental breakdown we don't know if this guy i mean there's still a lot about this we don't know is this guy on drugs you know is this guy pumped up on some sort of drugs we don't know i mean the, the, uh, i'm i'm still trying to figure out you know some background here on, on both of these shooters what was what was the background 
Were they intoxicated at the time? Have they been under mental supervision from a shrink or something? I mean, what what's the deal? And I'm, I'm not hearing a whole lot. The focus always turns to the guns, the guns, the guns, the guns. Well, when somebody goes driving drunk, the, uh, the focus isn't the cars, the cars, the cars, the cars. And there are more people killed by automobile accidents in this country than, gun, than victims of gun crimes. And in fact, a big chunk of people who are killed by guns, it's suicide. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's in the thousands that kill themselves with their own guns. Intentionally. I mean, there's accidents too. But that put a pistol to the head and pull the trigger and boom. Now, that goes on in this country a lot too. And, and again, the vast majority of crimes that involve guns and shootings and killings that involve guns are not long rifles. It's pistols. It's handguns. It's not the rifles. It's not AR-15s. It's more like, you, you know, your Glocks and so forth. Pistols. It's pistols, pistols, pistols. And there is no um, technology clause in the Second Amendment. I'm going to let you um, hear a clip in just a moment. Uh, Geraldo R- Rivera, a.k.a. Gerald Rivers, got, uh, oh, I mean, just excoriated excoriated on social media and i saw some of it holy mackerel he has just been i mean he'd already gotten hammered last week from saying that ar and the ar-15 stood for assault rifle which it doesn't that's a myth it stands for armor light rifle company who originally designed the ar-15 both the civilian and the military version and then that uh, that uh, patent was bought by colt firearms uh, sometime later but those were designed in late i think it was 1959 when they applied for that patent, 58, 59, something like that, don't quote me, but in the late 50s, and then Colt decided to pick it up and uh, manufacture both the civilian and the military version of the AR-15. And there are great differences in those, uh, significant differences in those uh, in, the, in the civilian and the uh, uh, military version, some significant differences. Of course, nobody likes to talk about those, and people just lump it all together. But it's not, the civilian version of the AR-15 is not an assault rifle. It's just not. Uh, In fact, if I wanted to really do some serious damage to somebody, uh, that's not the rifle I would pick. There's other rifles I would pick that would do a heck of a lot more damage. Some of you may recall the University of Texas shooter who was using a a high-powered hunting rifle. And he killed quite a few people with with what we would call today a beat-up-old rifle. And uh, it was, uh, but it was very high-powered, I mean, use a large-round hunting rifle. Okay. And uh, that gun has not been outlawed. You can still buy. You can go to a gun shop and buy a similar gun today. Well, how many people that guy used to to kill people with? I mean, if you're an, an expert hunter, an expert marksman with any gun, well, for for heaven's sakes, with a crossbow, you could take out quite a few people if you know what you're doing. If you're properly trained, ex-military, whatever, you can take out a whole lot of people. Uh, you can pull up to a building with a with a fertilizer bomb in the back of your truck and take out dozens and hundreds of people or fly a plane into a building. I mean, if, if you're determined to kill a lot of people, there's ways to do it. All right. So it's, we, we've got to step back, take a deep breath and quit simply looking at the guns. Just like again, with and more people are killed on the highway with automobiles. They're killed with guns. Where's all the, the screaming of let's, let's start ban- banning automobiles and high performance cars. I mean, a lot of people were killed with drunk driving. We're not banning alcohol. Some drugs are banned. Some aren't. Um, driving under the influence, even if it's a, a legal prescription or even over-the-counter medication, 
can in many cases get you thrown in jail, get your license removed. Sure. But there, I don't hear anybody screaming, well, let's just, let's just ban all. I mean, yeah, they want to ban cars, gas cars, not for those reasons. They want to do it for climate stuff. But in terms of uh, road rage and drunk drivers and, you know, we had this guy take an SUV and run over a bunch of people at Christmas before last. Uh, killed, what, about a dozen and a half people, ran over a grandma, a kid, injured about, uh, what, two and a half, three dozen people. Guy used an SUV driving into a crowd. I don't hear any screaming for, well, we need to buy an SUV because those things are, you know, they're killing people. I don't hear any of that. I don't hear any of that. Uh, but 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 you do hear it on this anyway. Let me play a clip. This is um, this was on uh, Sean Hannity's show last night, and I just happened to be I just happened to catch it. I don't normally watch Sean that much, but I I just happened to it just happened to be on Fox News. I turned the TV on. I was going to check something else out. I don't like to look at the weather, and I thought, well, this might be interesting because usually Geraldo's got uh, some something ridiculous. <laughs> to say about i think he's just a grenade thrower in general he just i don't even know if he believes some of his own junk but he just he's just he's entertaining you gotta hand it to the guy he's he's definitely he's definitely entertaining um so let me let you hear the clip <laughs> and of course Geraldo was mercilessly mocked later uh last night on on a lot of social media he'd already been mocked for again kind of screwing up what an ar-15 really was and wasn't yeah, on uh, the five with uh, Greg Gutfeld and company. Greg Gutfeld said, "No, Toronto. That's not what. It's not what AR stands for." I mean, if if you're going to criticize something and scream for laws against something, at least know what you're what you're screaming and, and criticizing. At least know something about it, rather than just kind of, you know, talking at your uh, another part of your uh, anatomy instead of your mouth. Uh, but let me let you uh, let you hear this exchange uh, with with, uh, and it was entertaining with. Uh, Hannity and and Geraldo. Very entertaining. Here we go. Whether it's a pistol, whether it's a rifle, um, America's Second Amendment is clear. The right of the people to keep and to bear arms shall not be infringed. Now... Here you have how the, many the, is too many? Here you have the how likes of Gavin many? Newsom. He is surrounded by armed guards. Hollywood elite are surrounded by armed guards. The people that make this country great have a right to defend themselves and their family and their property. And by people trying to take away that now, right this point, from them, Geraldo's reaching they're for denying a musket. them the very security that they, the a elite, musket. have. Give me, give Why would you right. support that? that right. And what would you do if give somebody it. broke into this, your? What would you do if somebody this broke is, into your this home? Is, this is what this oh is boy. what this is what weapons look like. This is what they look like when the Second Amendment was. You're gonna get arrested this in New York for having like. that. I'm just this warning is, you. And right I'll, now. I'll let everyone in the country. I'll you you want to own this? You could own this. You could own right. this. You could load it. You could do <laughs> whatever cute. you want with it. And this, what what you don't want, what you don't want though, and I can ride them work in a horse, of on a horse if you want. And let me guess, the hell out of people think. like Alec Baldwin, it'll go off without pulling the trigger. I understand. Uh, that's your thought. But the reality is, what do you do if somebody? Okay, I wish somebody would have said, you know, Geraldo, that that the musket that you're holding has been outlawed by the Geneva Convention as a weapon of war because it uses such a large caliber slug at a low muzzle velocity that it does so much damage that when it clips bone you have to you have to automatically um amputate somebody's arm that's why there were so many amputations in the civil war he holds up a civil war musket okay <laughs> and those are actually outlawed on a battlefield did you know that because of how much damage 
<laughs> they can do. Yeah, it takes you, you know, 30 seconds. If Well, 20 to 30 seconds if you know what you're doing to load one and shoot one if you really are trained to know what you're doing. But uh, there's no technology clause. The other thing is there's no technology clause in the Second Amendment. There's no technology clause anywhere in the Constitution. People have tried to use that on the Fourth Amendment. Well, you don't really have a privacy in your emails because the Fourth Amendment just applied to, like, papers in your desk drawer. That includes, you know, your virtual papers on the Internet and your email. We can go through your email. Which, you know, government can go through your email if they want. They don't need a warrant for that because, you know, the Fourth Amendment doesn't say anything about emails. Well, again, there's no, there's no technology. It's the principles held within the founding documents. There's no technology clause in the Constitution. It suddenly makes certain parts of the Constitution null and void because of technology advancements. You won't find that in the, in the Second Amendment. By the way, back in, back in those days, there were people that owned cannons. You know that right now there are people that own cannons, legally. There's, speaking of Civil War, there are Civil War reenactors that own cannons. Reenactment groups that own cannons. That they could put a real live round in if they wanted to. And in fact, there are competitions with some of these uh, cannon folks where they will fire into, they'll, they'll, they'll get permission from a probing ground from the military. They'll bring their cannon in there and they'll fire at a target with their Civil War cannon that they, in, that they collectively, the Civil War reenactment group, own. Okay. And nobody's screaming, well, what are you banned cannons? I mean, it, this starts getting into weirdness territory. All right. If, you, if you're not too careful, uh, it get, gets into the weirdness stuff. Anyway, let's take a pause. Of course, uh, weirdness never stopped Geraldo, right? Wacky, wacky junk never stopped Geraldo. We've got more Christian Talk That Rock straight ahead. Hang tight. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers, plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. So Democrat Henry Cuellar is pretty uh, and has been upset and, and doing a lot of whining uh, more than action and acting like almost he's impo- in, in, uh, impotent to do anything but Congress can do a lot and Congress needs to do a lot and can do a lot and of course the President needs to do a lot for sure and his administration about enforcing the border and uh, Henry Cuellar did say, and I'm going to play a clip in just a moment, he said that uh, Im- illegal immigrants will keep coming without consequences. We've got to do something stronger. Uh, he's, of course, um, 
the representative from that district in Texas along the border, Representative Henry Cuellar, and he, he was uh, on Neil Cavuto's live yesterday to discuss exponentially growing illegal immigrant encounters and was responding to Representative Dan Crenshaw's suggestion that the military personnel be deployed at the border to fight the cartels, not so much to stop the necessarily stop the people, although the National Guard is down there. There is a military down there that's assisting or kind of backing up, if you will, doing some of the grunt work that would that the border patrol people would normally be doing the national guard is doing and uh, it's supposedly to help free up the border patrol folks to do uh more of the the grabbing of the of the people because you can't use the military as a police force uh per the you know, you know it's a violation of posse comitatus however you can use them as a military force in fighting these uh these cartel guys and that's what uh i really think that's what dan crenshaw was suggesting which i have suggested that uh, we need to, we do need to have a greater military presence on the border, not so much to, to stop, to simply stop the illegal immigrants coming across, but to then take on the cartels and their shenanigans that they pull. Um, so let me let you this clip from Henry Cuellar, and he's um, he's on Neil Cavuto's show, and you know Cuellar has been complaining and whining and whining and complaining and acting like you know he's almost a victim in this himself, when the truth of the matter is Congress could get together and could could uh, make it a felony first time around, N- not a jaywalking ticket the first time you enter the country illegally, but a felony first go around, make it a felony. That would stop a lot of stuff in its tracks right there. And still be just enforcing the laws on the books because we've got some tough ones. Again, if you look at 8 U.S.C. 1324, 8 U.S.C. 1325, there's some tough stuff in there, tough stuff, but we're not enforcing them. Or we pick and choose when to enforce at, at, at very best. So there's just too much leeway here. And frankly, the administration is not enforcing laws on the books. They're just kind of like, well, you know, and and people scream uh, comprehensive immigration reform. Well, that's like, okay, even if you have comprehensive immigration reform, what's that going to do to stop what's happening at the border? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How's it going to stop one person from crossing the border? How's Amnesty going to stop one person from crossing the border? I've yet to have anybody uh, explain that intelligently to me. Because they can't and they won't. Because they know that's BS. And immigration reform. Okay, more laws in the books. Yes, we need some tweaking in our immigration system. We do. There's no doubt about it. And then some of the laws that exist in terms of immigration. But when it comes to illegal immigration, we've got some pretty tough laws in the books that we're not enforcing. We want to have stack on more laws that we're not going to enforce. I mean, at some point, you know, you got to you got to obey the laws. You got to enforce them, and there has to, and he is right that there has to be consequences. But when you don't enforce the laws, there's not consequences. Just like we see in these cities, 
where people are shooting, uh, shooting up towns and raping and pillaging and looting, and there's no consequences. They get a little smack on the wrist, and you're out the door in five minutes. Cops pick them up, haul them into, into jail. They go before a magistrate, get a slap on the wrist, or back out doing the same thing again an hour or two later, raping and pillaging even more like a bunch of land pirates. I mean, it's, it, 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 if, you, if there aren't real-world consequences, then they're just going to keep doing the same stuff over and over again. Well, you know, first of all, let's talk about the cycles. If you look at historically, the cycle of migration has, you know, during the winter time, like right now, the numbers should have gone down uh, and then they up in the springtime and then they go down during the hot summer months and then the fall, they would go up. So there were cycles that were migrants will come in highs and lows. What we've seen the last two years is is nothing historical. It's just stayed very, very high. You know, we got over 216,000 that just passed the month of December. Uh, the ones that we know doesn't include the getaways. Uh, so we have to address this in a way that historically has to be taken in a very different step. We can do this through law enforcement. I mean, the military, keep in mind that you know, past presidents have done this just with Border Patrol, having the right policies, who comes in and who gets deported. I know some folks don't want to talk about deportation, but if you don't have a consequence, Neil, as you know, then people are going to say it's a speed bump and we'll just continue coming. So, uh, you know, there's obviously frustration, uh, you know, that brings on the talk of bringing the military in to deal with this. Uh, Is is your, your skepticism about that? how Mexico would respond, that there'd be American soldiers at the border, that Mexico would be irate, what? Well, look, we can do this with the law enforcement and the right policies at the border without the military. As you know, there is a law uh, that prohibits the military from coming in. Now, if we're talking about about the border, just keep in mind that the National Guard uh, and and the other military that we've had have only provided support services, support services to the Border Patrol. Uh, We added more money to hire more Border Patrol. We need to, we're about 2,000 below. Yeah, about 300. it's not only the personnel, the technology. Talking about that latest law that passed. Only put 300 more on the border. that's, That's a joke. If we don't allow he wants to want to be a victim the people that want to ask for asylum and then he wants to feel like he's a victim everybody who's not supposed to be here legally then we're not going to have consequences and if you talk to any border patrol they will tell you that the the, that the law of consequence that is sending back people that are not doing this correctly uh without that consequence they're not going to be able to do the work they're tired they're very tired i've talked to a lot of border patrol agents and we gotta do something stronger so what are you doing, Henry? I mean, you're a member of Congress. What are you? What are you guys going to do in Congress, Republican and Democrat? Again, they could. I said yesterday they could either amend U.S. 1325 or they could make a new bill, whatever. Set up a new law that when you first come across the border, your first time, it's not a traffic ticket, it's not a jaywalking ticket that you got to wait four years for to stand in front of a judge, which that violates the Constitution as well to speedy trial. So just make that a felony. First go around. That means you can be grabbed by any law enforcement. You can be put in jail, and then you're eating jail food. You don't get any benefits. You don't pass, go and collect $200, get a, get a new cell phone, get, get a, a debit card with 1850 bucks on it, get put in a hotel. No, you go straight to jail. You go straight to a detention or holding center, and then within a 24, 40, 50, 70 hours, whatever, you're on a bus back to Mexico or wherever. You're, you're, you're going back to Mexico. Let Mexico deal with it. They're the ones allowing it. Let Mexico do it. Chris, they'll whine and scream, whatever. You're allowing it. 
Do a better job. Stop it at your border. Stop this in your country. And and it would force Mexico's hand big time. But again, you know, they want to do that. They want to complain and whine. And, you know, it's everybody else's fault. Uh, this being reported by Elliot Nazar, com. You probably haven't heard this. There are 20 states that have announced plans to sue the Biden administration over the illegal immigration parole program. Coalition of 20 states, pretty much run by Republicans, by the way, and uh, legal group announced Tuesday that they were suing the White House over the legality of a recent expansion of a humanitarian parole program allows thousands of illegal immigrants from designated countries in the United States every month. According to reports, a lawsuit was filed by Texas and America First Legal in the Southern District of Texas was joined by other states uh, seeking to block the Biden administration's parole program. The program allows up to 30,000 illegal immigrants from Haiti, Nicaragua, Cuba, Venezuela into the homeland each month. In October, the administration announced a program for Venezuelans, allowing a limited number to fly directly into the U.S. as long as they had not entered illegally, had sponsors ready, and passed certain checks. In early January, President Biden announced that the program would expand to include Haitians, Nicaraguans, etc. In other words, he's making laws as he goes. Some of this stuff is not on the law books. Okay, some of this stuff is not on the law books. Again, you have the executive branch making laws. You have Biden being a king. And this is part of what they're suing over. This is part of what they're suing over. The lawsuit, the plaintiffs argue that the program is unlawful, given the exceptionally limited parole power the federal government has anyway, adding that they have up to 360,000 illegal immigrants that could be allowed into the homeland a year. The suit's focuses on the limits placed on parole by Congress. In other words, Congressional Act, Congressional Law, saying that the authority is to be used on a case-by-case basis. And, 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 and the, um, the, the executive branch can't simply sit here and rewrite the laws. They don't have that authority. The Constitution doesn't allow it. Anyway, let's go to break. Uh, uh, Joe Biden, uh, apparently nobody has educated him on the Constitution. For all his years, in, or, or, he, or he knows it and just ignores it. Take your pick. For all of his years being in government, being in power, senator, vice president, president, he is either A, clueless about the Constitution, or, or, or just knows it and doesn't care and just going to do what the heck he wants to because he's King Biden. Take your pick. All hail the king. More Christian talk that rocks. Don't move. Are there some things about your life that you wish were different? Actually, it's not too late for a change. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. I would like to give you at this moment the opportunity of changing the direction of your life, the eternal destiny of your life, and the condition of your life. And here's how you can do that. You can recognize honestly that you're a sinner, that you've sinned against God, and that you don't deserve anything. So the invitation is this to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and acknowledge that you've never trusted him as your Savior. You've tried to do good, but the Bible states that that doesn't work. He says, by works of righteousness which you've done, no person's ever been saved. I want to invite you to invite Jesus Christ into your life, asking him to forgive you of your sins, surrendering yourself to him personally, 
and saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you to live your life in and through me. I need the forgiveness of my sins. I do want to go to heaven when I die, but I want my life to count now. And most of all, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Learn more about how Jesus Christ can change the course of your life. Visit us at intouch.org. I just got a couple of minutes left. I've been hanging on to this, but meant to share it a few days back, but just never got the opportunity. Uh, Daniel Horitz uh, actually did a, a pretty good op-ed. You can find it at Breitbart. You can just search it, Daniel Daniel Horowitz op-ed. Uh, you can just search it online, uh, Google it, whatever. But he said, we don't need border security. We need to make illegal immigration illegal. He says the most effective form of border security is not at the border itself. Here's a novel idea based on observations of the ebb and flow of illegal immigration over the past half century. If you invite illegal aliens into the country and offer them jobs and benefits, they will come. If you make it clear that they will obtain zero benefits and if caught will be removed, they will not come. In other words, this is not some sort of a natural disaster that requires more personnel at the border to ameliorate the situation. If you simply make illegal immigration illegal, they won't come. And by the way, we have about 900,000 people a year that do it legally and get amnesty and all that. But they do it legally. They come in the front door, not the back. The Border Patrol is double the size it was during President Bush's first term and has grown fivefold since 1993. We have thrown endless funds and infrastructure at the border, but what good are personnel and infrastructure if the personnel are directed to coddle illegal aliens and release them, and then they get jobs and benefits in the interior of the country? Hence, just in the first 100 days of fiscal year 2023, there were a total of 718,000 encounters with illegal aliens, with 520,000 of them being released. Also, total gotaways are averaging 2,670 per day. So we're averaging 1.9 million illegal aliens released out of uh, 2.6 million encounters and another 1 million gotaways for a year. Why? Because most of them go through a judicial process rather than being uh, repatriated. And while they remain in the country indefinitely, they get to achieve their objectives. An analysis from Syracuse University found there are more than 2 million cases pending in immigration courts with just about 600 administrative judges to preside over them. You can't litigate your way out of an invasion, you, 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 nor can you manpower or infrastructure your way out of people coming for benefits. It's possible we could stop the problem with a military operation, but that is obviously something this administration would not do. Thus, the illegal immigration issue boils down to two elements, banning all catch and release for all migrant encounters at the border. Thank you, which is what I've been saying. Make that first time across the border a felony. It's a felony, not a traffic ticket. For all uh, illegal immigrant encounters at the border, banning all benefits in the interior of the United States. Well, there's actually USC, uh, uh, 8 USC 1324. You're not supposed to help them. Again, people are not following and looking and obeying the laws. They're saying the laws are on the books. Uh, Everything else fails to live up to the severity of the issue. This would be true even with a conservative president, but it rings even truer today with the Biden administration. You cannot simply declare there shall be border security, and here is yet another trench of billions of dollars for the DHS that will likely be used more to target Americans than invaders. The Biden administration will never secure the border, and will just use the money for more benefits rather than enforcement. Border security in the abstract, rather than focusing on interior enforcement, is a honey trap. 
Senate Republicans are working with Senator Kristen Sinema on a border security plan that will encompass some of these elements of more funding and infrastructure at the actual border in return for amnesty. But aside from the amnesty problem, let's not forget that a border wall can only stop a physical invasion. It can't stop an invasion of a thousand lawsuits. As I reported in 2019, even in the Trump administration, border agents were bringing in illegal aliens from behind the fencing once they stepped on U.S. territory, which is a few feet behind the fence. That's why housing Republic, That's why House Republicans should avoid the border security issue per se and instead push the following. A categorical ban on catch and release. Both states and Border Patrol agents and ICE can get standing in court to sue the DHS for violating the INA to their detriment. Ban all federal benefits for illegal aliens, including K-12 education, uh, to reverse uh, Plyler v. Doe. Explicitly deputize states to enforce immigration law to reverse U.S. v. Arizona. Accord a private cause of action to citizens or families harmed by sanctuary cities or the federal government's lack of enforcement. Dramatically expand criminal penalties for identity theft, which, by the way, odds are... About 50% your Social Security number has been hijacked, by the way, which is a linchpin of the illegal alien's ability to remain in the country because they get the fake green cards. Allow uh, allow states to enforce it. This sort of agenda will not only uh, halt illegal immigration uh, to a trickle, it will ensure that the issue cannot get co-opted by vague bipartisan promises of border security in return for amnesty. And I think he's correct on that. And a lot of that's what, was what I've been saying for a while. Uh you know, make this make it tough for the first go round. Make it tough for the first go round. Not a trip to Disneyland. On that note, gotta go. Be sure to check out the website's Christian Talk at Rocks.com. And be sure to take care of yourselves and those that you love. And remember, God is love. See you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.